If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to the Explorative Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Explorative Podcast. I am your host, Rob, and joining me tonight are Ben, Drexy, and Sean. Welcome to the show, Sean. Hey, Rob. How's it going, man? It's going well. You had three strikes almost, and you were about to be kicked off this podcast. Congratulations on not being kicked off. Thanks, man. Yeah. I actually got to listen to it for a change because I wasn't on it, but yeah, I'll keep that in mind. It's weird because I listen to it even though I listen to it. Like, so, like, I'm not the, like, I don't like hearing myself, but I like to hear the discussion and see if it's good. And I listen to almost every episode after I've edited it, which means I've probably listened to it like 10 times. So I account for 10 separate listens or downloads. We're really digressing here. So let me get to introducing Ben. Hello, Ben. Hey, Rob. How's it going? It's going super well. We're on take like five of this podcast, which is fun because my audio was too loud, but hopefully it sounds good now. You see, I'm here just to keep continually bitching about the audio until we get it perfect. Awesome. That's that's my only job. Thank you for being our marshal of... Nope, I got nothing. Crap. All right. Marshal sound. Yeah, I was I was trying to think of something cool, but Marshall of Sound didn't sound cool enough. So uh, we have Drexy. He's here. Hello, Drexy. Hey, I don't have to work for a couple of days. Ooh, thanks, Queen. Uh, thanks, also Queen. Also joking my chicken in honor of the Queen. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that, but... Joe Chicken, it's a you know, national dish of Australia, isn't it? <laughs> what? I have never heard of that. <laughs> Jerk chicken is not the national dish of Australia, but it's uh, it is a good dish, definitely. But just to anybody who who thinks of something completely different when they hear the word jerk, uh, it doesn't mean what you think it does. <laughs> yeah, he's a perfectly nice guy. Drexy's exactly. just jerking his chain. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we have a lot to talk about today because there's been a lot that's happened since our last episode. In fact, quite a bit of really big news. Some of it. Most of it being in the 4X realm, which is exciting. And we're also going to be talking about the games that we're most excited about for the the latter half of 2022 into 2023. And I know that's only Path of Exile 2 for Drexy. So we can talk about that at the end. So if you don't care about any 4X strategy games, just like Drexy, go ahead and fast forward to the end where we talk about Path of Exile 2's beta in 2023. All right. Giving you a chance to fast forward and good to go. All right. So... We have a lot of great stuff to talk about, like I said, and I'm going to just jump right into it. First things first, at least in my little list of things to talk about, is humankind's first expansion has been announced. It's titled Together We Rule, and in it will be a new focus on diplomacy. So if you guys are aware in humankind, each of the cultures that you choose throughout the eras have like a focus on a variety of different gameplay elements. And the newest like focus will be diplomacy. And so there's going to be six new culture types, sorry, six new cultures that fit into that archetype. And they are the Sumerians, the Han Chinese, the Bulgarians, the Swiss, the Scots, and the Singaporeans. And with that too, they're going to introduce a lot of cool things, including agents and you know uh, embassies and stuff like that. Just, it's basically just like a big focus on more dis- diplomacy and peaceful ways to conquer your foes but also like subversive ways to conquer your foes as well. 
They're going to introduce the Congress of Humankind, and they're going to have a new diplomatic currency that will allow you to like kind of influence the world at large, and have you have like a, a basically like allow you to have a say at the international level by passing treaties, kind of a lot like the World Congress and stuff for Civilization Five, Six, Seven, Five, Four, whatever. All those Civilization games that had the World Congress. So they're kind of doing something similar to that, but they. You know, the, I guess basically the big focus is this this new diplomacy kind of like diplomatic way of playing the game. And honestly, I think it's uh it's pretty welcome. And the great thing is too is they're also going to be releasing some free features alongside these new features for the expansion that are meant to kind of shore up some of the weaknesses still there in humankind. Namely, honestly, the one that I'm most excited about to see is the one where they like overhauled the independent people. So right now, the overhaul, the independent people inside the game and the way they are interacted with are really boring, in my opinion. So the fact that they're going to work on that and overhaul that that like mechanic there sounds fun to me. And they're also going to change the way that stealth works and some other stuff. So it says there's going to be a large free update. I'm assuming that means a lot of bug fixes, too. And... I know that also means a few other things that I'm not allowed to talk about, but there's going to be some really cool free additions to the game as well. So quality of life things that I think a lot of people are going to enjoy. I know you guys haven't played it, so we can probably just move on to the next one. Crickets. Okay. We don't care. <laughs> I figured as much. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm interested what... in checking it out, but I wanted to... There are certain games, right, that I want to be finished when I try them because they need to put their best foot forwards, whereas other games I'm excited about, and I'll try them even if they're in a really crappy state because, you know, I'm excited. Humankind, I don't... Because I didn't like amplitudes of the games very much, I need to play it in the best state that it can possibly be in, so I'm waiting. And I wouldn't necessarily recommend other people do that, really, because I think that, you know games evolve and you can get a lot of pleasure from watching them evolve so that's just i'm just talking personally but i just i don't care about humankind at the moment i want them to finish it because i need it to be in a really really nice state for it to you know i want it's only got one chance as far as i'm concerned they got one chance to make it good so i'm going to wait until they've done it yeah i'm kind of the same i did try it a bit before it launched because we did that uh, episode covering it when it launched and it didn't really grab me that much so uh, with like with a lot of games now you know I've sort of tried it it doesn't really grab me but I'm gonna sit there and probably not wait until the super duper extra silver deluxe edition is out but like you know give it time to mature and then have another crack at it can I just ask you why it didn't grab you have you any idea why I don't know um it just I, I, I kind of get like that with a lot of amplitude games like it just seems a bit um opaque like trying to get like i just find it hard to get into for some reason i I can't really explain it but i find a lot of the amplitude games i just find them difficult to get into you see like for me part of the issue is that it's a civ game and it's very very it's very very close to civ 5 um i did actually play it in the very very early access and i just i kind i kind of sent i gave feedback and i said look this is not for me it's just too close to um endless legend actually but it just you know, it doesn't have the stuff that made Endless Legend interesting. So, you know, like the, all the different kind of interesting factions and all the lore. So I just didn't think that it was it wasn't going to work for me at all. Um, but like, when you know, looking at it now from watching other people play it a little bit, I feel like my I was indicated it just doesn't really seem to be doing anything that Civ hasn't already done. Um, it has some interesting mechanics with regards to, you know, this kind of culture shift thing that it goes through. But that's not enough to draw me into playing a game like that I've already played hundreds and hundreds of hours into as far as I'm concerned. The fact that it looks like the UI and everything is just the same as your Endless Legend. And although I don't know, I just, it needs to do something different, man. And so I'm going to wait for it to be finished and then I want to see what they can do with it. Yeah, no, I'll just wrap this up by saying that I am, of course, part of the VIP program. So I've been playing it for some time in its new expansion and with some of these new free features that are coming. And it's the most fun I've had with it ever and i really feel like they're understanding where this game needs to go i can't say more but i do believe that those of you who are kind of on the edge of liking humankind are going to finally like humankind and those of you that already like it and wish that there was more and kind of wanted it to be more polished are going to really appreciate what they do they did here so i think there's no reason to to not look forward to it Anyway, so let's move on. There's a bunch of other stuff. There's so much other stuff, including Stellaris's new Toxoids species pack announcement. It's coming out, hell, by the time you probably hear this, actually, because I think it's the 20th, and I don't think I'm going to be able to get this thing done before the 20th. So the Toxoids, uh, I, you know, I, I have to admit, like every time they do this, I get, I get re-peaked, right? I, wanted, I want to like Stellaris. I really do. 
and I'm trying to like even watch videos on how to enjoy Stellaris. I'm not even kidding you. I Googled how to enjoy Stellaris. And I've seen some videos that are kind of piquing my interest a little bit. And the new species pack, like I said, called the Toxoids, they are basically a species, like a, a bunch of different species where they are focused on, or I guess they grew up on like noxious planets, right? Like just these planets that no one else would really survive on. And a lot of their species portraits are of those basically that of, of, of species that have evolved to either A, deal with it, or B, have the technology to deal with it. And with this species back comes a, a few new origins, Knights of the Toxic God, which they've been really pushing on their social media and their Twitch channel and stuff like that. And then Overtuned. And then you have New Civics, Toxic Baths, Scavengers, Relentless Industrialists. And you can all read about those in the notes. And then the new traits, Incubator, Inorganic breath, noxious, exotic metabolism. There's new species portraits, of course, new ship models, new cityscapes, and a new advisor, which does not excite me because the way they explained it or describe it is grow your empire alongside a relentless source of noxious sarcasm. And, you know, I'm not really into Stellaris for its realism, but when they add those like kind of corny ass narrators or whatnot, I I kind of get a little bit annoyed by it. So yeah. Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to like Stellaris. I think they've got to the point where they're just going to release these flavoured DLCs and there's not going to be much changes to the game. It's pretty much in the EU4 state now. Oh, contrary. By the way, I do need to add that at whatever little thing that the PDXCon or whatever, I guess there's some information that came out of PDXCon that stated that, and it's it's very reliable because they told a wide group of people that one of their next major overhauls as far as system gameplays go or mechanics go is that they're going to revisit combat and they have this like huge thing they've like this basically have this like powerpoint where they've shown the variety of different changes and fixes to combat that they've tried to see where what would feel fun and some of it you know involves like having a you know, various roles for each of the ships so that each of the ships actually feel like they still matter towards the end of the game. So you're not just building a larger ship. You are also building some of the smaller ships because they do, you know, they have a better, you know, evasion capability or even having ships that probably stand off and are using their missiles and torpedoes in different ways. And that was like their big thing. They said that they really thought combat, it was kind of clunky and boring. And so they want to really focus on it with this next patch or like overhaul like i said and hope to i don't know i'm assuming that's probably just one of i mean the game is what 2016 is when it came out right so it's six years old now it's i mean there's gotta be more i'm hoping that there's i really want solaris 2 at this point but there's probably more coming. Nothing there you mentioned is any different than previous versions of Stellaris. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, there was a point where the best tactic was just to build a shit ton of Corvettes and not build any big ships. So uh, <laughs> I think that game is just, it's too far into the development to make drastic changes, that thing. So yeah, Stellaris too, but we've got to get EU5 out first. Free, so. See you in five years. I'm not bothered about Solaris 2. I want them to make this one a good game. They can still do it. Um, but I don't know, like, just two points. One, on the whole combat thing, yeah. If they make combat better, it's not just the combat resolution, though, that's bad in Solaris. It's the whole way that war works. It's the whole warfare system that needs overhauling, in my opinion. And they've already done it once or twice. So I don't know. I'm not quite as blackpilled on this whole topic as Drexy is anymore. I think that um, I'm actually interested in trying Solaris again. Again, I just don't have time to play millions of games anymore. So they've got to, I'm going to wait until they've actually started putting in some of these new features. Um, the original point that Rob made about this, I don't know, like this kind of like sarcastic, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, this kind of advisor thing. I just, I think in a game that is trying to be a role-playing game as much as you know, as much as a grand strategy and 4X game, anything that brings you out of the gameplay experience, you know, in an immersive way is a really bad idea. So putting crappy, sarcastic, you know, stuff like that is just going to age really 
badly. It's going to make the game like any any time that you try to inject contemporary comedy into a game, you instantly make it so that it's probably unplayable like five or ten years from now uh, from an immersion perspective. Because uh, unless unless you're interested in digging up like really really old crappy comedy, because it's just going to be cringe. So I really really dislike that idea. I hope they don't. You know, Stellaris, the one good thing going for it because it's a crap 4x game, but it's actually quite a good role playing game. And, you know, I think if they lean into that, they can salvage something from it. So, you know, don't, don't do anything that's going to diminish the role playing aspects. That's just a terrible idea. Paradox, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement about the, I mean, we, I don't think I've really heard anything about it yet, but I would agree that I'm not really a fan of the sarcastic advisor kind of thing. There was a game, what was it? Starpoint Gemini 3 that had like an advisor that was really snarky all the time and they're trying to like be like the MCU kind of thing like really snarky and doing one-liners all the time and it's just annoying and a turn-off I don't care for it um, but I have I have been meaning to go back and try Stellaris I think I was there was a discussion a while ago about like managing your own gameplay like you know instead of trying to play with a bazillion stars play it small and I think I wanted to go back and try to do that like play it small and make it more manageable because to me the biggest thing has always been that it's felt really bloated so I think if I could cut it right down then it might actually be all right just on that point right um this is interesting I was talking to um the developer who made the ex-pirates mod and that game's kind of got like some not safe for work stuff in it and you know it's kind of got some you know sexy content I guess and I said to him did you do that deliberately did you did you kind of did you keep it sort of sexy but without leaning into the porn side of things deliberately and he said no I deliberately didn't make it anything other than just what you see because I think people's imaginations are more powerful than anything that I can put in there so it's important for me to leave things kind of as neutral as possible while still presenting the kind of vibe I'm going for because it allows people's imaginations to run wild and I think that's a really really intelligent way of engaging as many people with different tastes as possible you present something and then you allow their imaginations to work don't put in some contemporary sarcastic new york style comedy this is something i see a lot in games at the moment it's kind of like yeah like the what sean said about this mcu kind of you know everyone's speaking like a sort of bored tired valley girl it's just it ages so badly and it puts off a massive amount of your audience it only appeals to a really small demographic of people who find that kind of comedy fun so if you're a developer don't do that it's so it's such a bad idea you are instantly alienating like 75 percent of your audience in doing so well thankfully you can always choose like the generic announcer or narrator i mean like no matter what you, like as, as you customize your race, no matter what race you decide to choose, you can always go with just the generic one. So, and that's just kind of robotic sounding. So, I I I understand completely because there's no way in hell I'm going to use the noxious, you know, free spirited or whatever the hell they call it narrator here because I just think that sounds you know annoying. But you know, at least they have the option of anyone has the option of just keeping it bland and normal. So, but I that's a great point, and I think that's why a lot of people like Stellaris actually is that they they do a lot of imagination. It's a lot of role-playing. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, that's just, yeah, a very high-level th- way of thinking about it. So uh, I like that. I mean, and I'll end off by saying that this is coming with a free patch, as they always do. It's called the Fornax patch, and there's a lot of new stuff. It's coming back and actually adding some some systems and, you know, different features to some of the stuff that's already been released, including the lithoid and plantoid species packs. And so there's a bunch of stuff that you should just read if you're a really big Solaris fan. And if you are, you're probably already reading it and have already read it. So we can move on because honestly, the man that speaks really deeply with a very deep tone and is eating chicken mentioned something about Victoria 3, which was finally given an announcement, uh, sorry, which was finally given a release date. And that is October 25th of this year, which is actually earlier than I expected because they just announced it last year. And for some reason, I just didn't think we'd see it this year. So it's coming the 25th of October. They started having their own little gameplay streams of it on their Twitch and YouTube. And quite honestly, it looks really damn good. It looks like it's taken all the really good stuff of Crusader Kings 3, like the uh, the fantastic tooltips and the the tutorials and basically just the UI in, in general and made this really pretty looking, you know, Victorian age grand strategy game. And I'm all about it. I'm really excited about it. I, I've played a little bit of Vicky 2, but I got in really late. So by the time I was playing it, it felt dated. But now seeing what they've done here, and from what I understand, there's like this this really fantastic tutorial system that the people who have played it have said is just like easily, you know, like the new way of tutorializing a game. 
I'm I'm just very eager to get my hands on it and it won't be that long. Yeah, I'm amazed at how quickly that's come out. Do you think that it's fair to say that Victoria is probably a little bit more of a complex game than anything else that they've done? Because I, I remember I haven't played Vicky 2 a whole lot, but I remember looking at it and thinking, wow, this looks like a Tortuga power game. Whereas something like EU4 or Crusader Kings, I can play pretty, you know, I don't find them that complex. Whereas Vicky seemed a little bit more, I don't know, there's just like a lot more data to crunch. Yeah, it certainly is much more of a Tortuga power game. In the, it, it's it's much more of a, an economics game, right? And a lot of the, uh, just a lot of the, the diplomacy and the, you know, just basically the politics in general of that era were much more nuanced than they were, of course, in like E of U4 and stuff like that. So it it feels like a much more Tortuga power like game for sure. And that's what I liked about Vicky 2. I started to see that there was like a lot of depth there and a lot of the mechanics. And it was kind of a game that you would, you know, you'd sink a lot of hours into just trying to learn and I, you know, I like those kind of games from time to time, but it sounds like, like I've said, that Victoria 3 has gone through like great lengths to introduce these mechanics and to make this game more playable to someone who's a little bit less, you know, like detail oriented or even maybe less you know, excited about, you know, learning very intricate details about a game and, and, and its gameplay. So I think that I mean, we're we're on their list. I've already talked to Troy, who's like the PR guy, and I begged them and I said, I know we're like this small little group here, but Lordy Victoria 3 is a huge strategy release. So could you put us in on there? And he said he would do his best. And in the past, he's done very well of keeping us, you know, kind of in the loop. And he understands that we're a smaller site, but we have, you know, the, the strategy gamers ear. So we're excited. I'm excited. I'm hoping that we can have a review at some point this year of Victoria 3. You know what? I've been playing Crusader Kings 3 again recently, and I'm, I'm it's just as good uh, as it was when it was released. In fact, it's better because of the, of, you know, some of the updates. And I was surprised at that because I thought that the shine of that game might have worn off by now, but it's uh, the, it's just so easy to play. And I don't mean it's an easy game. I mean, it's just so like, once you've understood the rules through the, the amazing tutorial, it's so easy. So I just think that if they can, if they can pull that off with Vicky three for a more complex game like that, I think it's, it's going to be a triumph. Yeah, I agree. I think that, I just don't see them screwing up Victoria 3. I don't. Not like they've screwed up other games. Like, you know, I thought it's funny because my Steam friend was firing up Imperator Rome this morning. And I just thought about like, wow, what a, what a fumble that was for Paradox. But since then, it seems like they have really buckled down. I mean, Crusader Kings 3, we said this in our podcast, and I will continue to say this. It is easily one of the best 1.0 versions of any strategy game I've ever played ever. And that it worked as intended. It had so many moving parts and so many upgrades over the you know the, the last being Crusader Kings 2. It it was just an, an amazing triumph for Paradox. And I don't see that not being the case again here with Victoria 3. I mean, expectations are extraordinarily high, and I think that's a part of the problem. But I really do. I mean, based on the videos I've seen and based on the gameplay, I mean, it just seems like they've really figured out their their workflow here. And I look forward to what that means for Stellaris 2 and you know any other game that comes out after Victoria 3. So yeah, Sean, you got something about Anno, right? Yeah, I thought since we were already talking about the Victorian era, I'd jump into some Anno stuff. Um, real quick, before we go to like 1800, I thought we'd go back in time or forward in time to 2070 and just mention about how like Ubisoft has gone about recovering Anno 2070. Like it was basically, they were going to kill all the online features of it along with some other games uh, about two weeks ago now. And then Ubi Main's one of the studios. I don't know what exactly happened, but somehow they got the permission to go into it and overhaul the entire game and move it to a 64-bit engine and change all of the online infrastructure so it could still function. So it's now, I'm pretty sure it was like an ambulance or something. Uh, so now it's back and actually running faster and it's still online for all the people that wanted to play. So I thought it was something worth bringing up because I thought they, they did a really good thing there. And it's not often that you hear about a studio like Ubisoft doing good things. So, yeah. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that too. I thought that um, they did a good job there because I think there was a massive, massive outcry by the fans. And I think Ubisoft have got very much in the way of fan goodwill anymore. So I think that was a good thing for them to do, really, because it, it kind of made them look a little bit more human. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. I would agree. It's it's a rare thing for them to actually you know get a win like that. So I thought it it's good for the people too because I know I played it pretty heavily for about a year when it first came out, and I didn't really play that much after that. But it's sort of like now that it's back, people are diving in, and you know they want to buy it and they want to play it. And apparently, there's a big ass mod out that I never tried, so I kind of want to go back and play it again. To be honest, now moving forward or backwards, depending on how you look at it, to eighteen hundred, um, there's a new update for Anno eighteen hundred due out in a couple of days actually. So it'd probably you already be out by the time this goes live. It's called Empire of the Skies. And basically, this entire thing is all about airships. So you're going to get new airships that can take part in combat. They can be used like freight airships. You can transport stuff over land and between all the different areas. And there's also going to be a new, there's new needs. And there's going to be one called airmail. Like you can, you can ship mail all around the world now. So it sounds really cool. I haven't tried this for a while, and I'm kind of a sucker for it, and I keep buying the DLC even though I haven't tried it. So I'm just waiting for the 20th now so I can dive back in, and it's just going to be like, holy shit, there's so much stuff I haven't touched. So, But this, this looks like a really cool update. I'm keen to try out airships. Yeah, my uh, my missus has been playing that actually, Anno 1800, and uh, I bought her a copy of it a while ago with the intention that we could play it together. And uh, I never really got round to it because I just had other things on. But she's really enjoyed it. She loved it. She was she had her head buried in that for several days straight. I mean, I mean literally, <laughs> she didn't sleep. <laughs> so uh, it's obviously a really really good game. Yeah. Well, the reason I haven't touched it in a while is it is dangerously addictive for me. Like when it first came out, I got on it and I burned a whole weekend on it, and my wife yelled at me because I was I wouldn't I wasn't like doing stuff. And it's very, very rare that there's anything that picks picks it up like that. And it was like, you know, like a gambling addiction kind of dangerous. So <laughs> I've been pretty careful about going back. But yeah, I want to try and find a way to get back into it and spend a lot more time with it. Because it, it ticks that box, like the, the, the supply chain management and organizing, you know, you're shipping things over multiple continents and all these different goods and requirements. It's, I don't know, there's a box in there that it ticks that I didn't know needed to be ticked. I love it. I, uh, I'll never get addicted to a game like that. Never, ever. Bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, haven't you got like about three million hours in Pillars of Eternity just in the last two weeks? (laughs) The other POE. Yeah, the other POE. It's yeah, I, oh. seriously, I, I don't know if Drexy's just got an addictive personality or if he just re- like really, really likes some games. And you know what? I, I, I think it's, if I, if I have to be honest, I think I'm actually jealous because there, there just haven't been many games that really like consume me. Like clearly Path of Exile does for our Drexy friend here, but uh, whatever. Good for you. I'm happy for you. Anyway, we've got some, we've had so much news, so we're going to keep going. The, uh, I guess let's go into the, the big the big kahuna here because this was something that came out of nowhere and despite my the fact that i have an nda with stardock and i'm well aware of everything that's going on behind the scenes i had no idea that it was coming this early sense of the solar empire 2 was announced and it will actually be available in early access on epic only which is a huge bugbear for so many people lord help me but it'll be available in early access october 27th which is just a couple of short days after the release of Victoria 3. But Sense of a Solar Empire 2 is probably the only game I could imagine having any chance of possibly doing well still beyond that. And the early screenshots look fantastic. The initial, basically like the basic gameplay description of what it's going to do and how it's changing the formula of Sins of a Solar Empire sounds amazing and that it's going to lean more into Forex elements. And from there, just, you know, I mean, of course it says that the greater focus is on the final X, exterminate, but that's always been kind of the focus of the, I mean, I mean, of course it was the focus of Sins of a Solar Empire 1, but it sounds like they're going to do some things to make a lot of the other elements a little bit more fun and more detailed and just basically round out the game a little bit more to sound a lot more 4X. So I am extraordinarily excited about it because... Honestly, I mean, if you guys look at the screenshots, you're going to be pretty blown away by how great things look already. And we haven't even, I mean, it sounds like they're going to do a year in early access on Epic. So the fact that it already looks pretty damn awesome and that they says that they've already got all the gameplay elements in place, that some of them, of course, are works in progress, but man, it looks great. It really looks great. So I'm really excited and I'm happy for like Ironclad Games and Stardock because I know that that's a game that people have been 
begging for for as long as I can remember. And to see it finally announced, I know is just basically like a, just a real hoorah moment. So I'm really happy. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm super hyped for this. Uh, I've uh, God knows how many hours I put into uh, Trinity, uh, Sins of the Solar Empire Trinity. I never actually got round to playing Rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should give it a try before this one comes out. But Trinity was like one of the games me and my Eve crew used to play whilst nothing was going on in Eve. So we used to play like teams against each other and stuff like that or against the AI. So yeah, I absolutely loved that game. And yeah, like you said, the screenshots look fucking so. Yeah, I think I'll be playing this before I play. Uh, I'll give Ricky Free a, a little little time for a couple patches maybe i'll uh, dig it into this yeah I, the one thing that really got me about sins of solar empire 2 was the e4x mod i don't know if you ever used it but it ended up making sins of solar empire 1 a much more 4x like game 2 like it focused more on some of the elements of like upgrading your planets and and your economy being more intricate and stuff like that i really liked it i thought that the like the the leaning into the forex elements was really cool for that mod and it seemed like that was what the community wants because the mod was successful like on every level so i'm really excited to see what they do here with with sins of a solar empire 2 and i yeah i'll uh i'll let you know because i'm getting a copy soon who said that what yeah, I'm interested to see what they've done with that because I actually came to Sins really late. I think the first time I played it was about 2018, um, 2018. So years after everyone else did. And I think that's a that's an S tier game, man. Like it's um, it's so well done. You can play it kind of like a you know an RT, a strict RTS if you want, but it's kind of slow paced compared to things like StarCraft, etc. So it's more it's definitely more cerebral. I'd say than most RTS games, unless sort of Twitch based. But yeah, it's got loads of depth, and y- yeah, you-, you don't need to kind of like break your arms trying to like make- move everything really fast. So I think for gamers like us, probably, um, I think that we tend to like stuff that's a little bit more cerebral and a little bit less reflex based. And I think Sins was a really good game for that in you know, in that sort of style, very much like Star Ruler as well. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Hopefully, it'll they'll actually do something new with it. Yeah, I came in, I think, only a couple of years after it launched. Because when I, okay, so when I started getting into any sort of strategy gaming, I started out on RTS. So, like your Warcraft 2, Age of Empires, you used to get Age of Empires discs in a cereal box. It was awesome. Yeah, what a time to be alive. Anyway, uh, so yeah, no, I, I got into this as pretty much as an RTS, but it was like a little bit slower and a bit different. And I really, really enjoyed it. I wasn't, I mean, I don't know if I was clamoring for a second one as hard as everybody else, but I'm definitely very pleased that it's coming out. And from what we have seen of it, the the little we have seen in these articles that have just come out, it looks awesome. So yeah, I'm keen, really, really keen to check it out. Yeah, I was into that game super early. I actually remember it, I think it was Stardock Shop, I think it was called Impulse you had to play it on, which they sold to GameStop and, well, <laughs> where's GameStop now? <laughs> yeah, they drove it in the ground, but they they paid Brad and Stardock millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, actually, enough that I think they don't have any problems with money for a long time. So thank you, GameStop, for investing in something that you drove into the ground but at least you gave Stardock a lot of money to make games like sins of a solar empire although it does sound like they have you know I, there's been some rumors and i can't speak to them because i have no idea but there are some rumors that epic might actually be purchasing Stardock, which is why gauss of four and now sins of a solar empire 2 and i guess there's been some hints at that possibility on some of on some of what brad has been saying so I, I don't know anything to it. I, I honestly, I used to talk to Brad a lot. I haven't spoken to him in some time. And, you know, I know that Epic is always looking to basically like gobble up things. And, you know, with this being another exclusive, it sounds like it's possible that those rumors are true. I don't know. And there has been no, like zero talk of Gauss of four coming to steam. And I know that they usually wait like an, a year, but like they won't even acknowledge that it's going to steam, which is strange because even with other exclusives with Epic, they've acknowledged that it'll eventually come to steam, but Stardock hasn't said a damn word about it. So I don't know, some weird stuff going on. And, you know, I don't have the aversion to Epic as many people do simply because I just don't care. I mean, it's not that difficult for me to download another Stormfront stormfront another storefront but you know it's it's not nearly as bad in my opinion as the console wars where if you wanted a game that was exclusive to the console you would actually have to buy a whole new console to buy it and play it whereas here all you have to do is download probably you know uh, a spyware (laughs) 
storefront, but I mean, what isn't spyware at this point? I use Google, it spies on me. I use Facebook, it spies on me. And I'm not saying that that makes it okay, but I just, I don't know how else to get away from any of it. So if I'm playing a video game on Epic and the Chinese are spying on me, I mean, I guess I'm cool because I, I wouldn't want to spy on me. I have nothing cool to offer, but I'm really digressing here again because I like to. I'm just saying that the Epic storefront isn't nearly as bad as everybody makes it out to be. It's not nearly as featured as Steam is, and it seems like they're really dragging their feet on making it a more like fully fleshed out stormfront. Storefront. God, I want to keep saying Stormfront. Have you guys watched The Boys? Oh, I'm digressing, aren't I? Anyways, I'm going to stop. <laughs> Stopping. Somebody take the take me away. I think, well, my problem is when I want to play games, I open up Steam and I go through my silly list of games to see what I want to play, and then I just press play and pop of Exile. <laughs> I was going to say, why do you even care about having a different storefront? You're just going to pay, play Path of Exile anyway. <laughs> just click that and go with it. You don't need another storefront. Just delete it. It's so hilarious. I swear on all of everything I believe in, all the things that are sacred to me, that every time I get on Steam, Drexy's on Path of Exile. It's, not even, it's a joke in my mind now. I, I mean, I almost want to bother him every time I see it, but it's it's funny it, good for you like i said i'm jealous this is all coming from a place of jealousy 2380 hours he's got in it yeah see i don't have 2383 hours in anything not a single game there's there's i mean like maybe all of my pc gaming probably there's probably more than that but man good for you you know what i'm just happy for you well let's talk about some other things because we still want to get into the games that we're talking about that we're excited about in 2022 and 23 so i'm going to wrap these last things up first of all deuce spy deuce deuce first of all dune spice wars is soon to release the house carino update it sounds like it's going to be any day now because they said late october i'm sorry late september and we're getting into late September. And they finally actually just pushed out the like the features that it's going to come with, the counselors and the units that the House Carino are going to have. And funny enough, the you know, the whole like hoopla and anger over possibly having some sort of you know vehicle units on in the game. Um, there there are vehicles here. It's the artillery drone. And I guess that's not quite a vehicle, but it is. And for some reason, there aren't all that pe- there are many people complaining about it. So I know a lot of people wanted them to stick true to the books and to the source material, uh, much more so than the RTS in the 90s. But here we are with artillery drones and no one's complaining. So I'm good with that because I think the units need some variety. And quite frankly, this general gameplay, it sounds like the like, I mean, I, I guess it's about like taxing and bribing people and stuff like that. I don't really know the gameplay, but I like Dune very much. We have a guy who's writing a review for it, like an early access review, and he's working with Ben, our chief editor here, to get it into, you know, ship shape and ready to be published. But you can expect it soon. With that being said, I really like the game and it sounded like he did too. So you know, that's a game that we'll continue to watch. And I like the idea of them continuing to add new houses. The end. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this update as well. I, I think Shiro do a good job, as we've seen with Northgard, of adding different factions that play very differently to each other. But they're all playing for vaguely, like they're all playing to win, but they they can all be designed to win in different ways. And they do that quite well. So, and this is an example of that, you know, they've got a different, the Imperials, they have a different way of playing, but they're all, you know, they're still aiming to win. And then they've got different vehicles and they're very unique in their own right. So yeah, sure. I do a good job of that. I'm looking forward to seeing what they bring with this update. Me too. And let's keep going because we have a lot more still and we want to talk more. So the next up is going to be Imperium's Greek Wars, which is a game that Ben has promised to do a Let's Play of and he better follow through with it because I'm really excited about it. And with this new update, there's actually some changes, some updates to the 3D models. And I guess they have some more in the works. I'm I'm just really excited about the, the staying power here. Whatever, I guess they're making enough money, which is really fantastic because I really like Pavel. He seems like a guy who knows a lot about gaming and the interview we had with him was fantastic. And honestly, it just seems like Imperiums is, is really becoming a better game by the day. And I really hope to see that Let's Play by Ben because I want to see how great it is. But that 
just came out, the version 1.2.6 with the Imperium's Rome versus Carthage DLC coming out very soon as well. I believe that's on the 19th. I'll, I need to grab a copy of the DLC. And then, yes, I'm going to do a Let's Play for Explorminate because I've not done anything for the channel for a while. And I've been promising to do some content for Imperium's for ages. The thing that was putting me off originally was that I kind of, I don't like to play these games unless I know them quite well. And learning Imperium's is quite hard. <laughs> it's not an easy... It's not an easy game to get good at. I don't think it's an easy game. Sorry, it's not a difficult game to play, but it's it's just quite, you know, there's a lot going on in it. It's way more complex than your average 4X game, I think. So it, despite the fact that it looks like a Civ game, it's kind of got more going on. So yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that one too. And uh, the as soon as the DLC is out, I'm going to get that up. Excellent. We'll get you a copy for sure. So you'll have it. And then you'll have no excuse. And then before we move into the last piece, which I think is a little bit more exciting, whatever, it's all, this is all exciting. Everything's exciting. This whole news section has been really exciting. The Pegasus Expedition, which is a game that I did a Let's Play of for a few episodes to kind of see what it was all about. And I was really impressed with how unique and different it is. It is going to be uh, releasing a new demo here soon, I guess, for Tacticon, which is something we didn't talk about, but I wanted to talk about very briefly. But basically, Hooded Horse and somebody else i'm sorry i'll i'll probably go to hell for this but hooded horse which is like the i don't know the new micropros at this point i really feel like that's the case they which is also somebody we're going to be interviewing by the way we're going to be interviewing tim the tim bender i believe his last name is he's the ceo of hooded horse we're going to have him on the show next month but hooded horse and the team called fire squid are hosting what's called Tacticon. And during that, they're going to have a new demo for the Pegasus Expedition. In fact, they're going to have new demos for a shit ton of games. I will leave this Tacticon uh, link in the notes here so that you guys can check it out. But there's like 108 games, or 115 games that are going to have, that are all either tactics, strategy, or tactics and strategy games. And they're all going to have their own demos on that day. So really uh, an opportunity to kind of check out a bunch of games that you might be interested in. And one of them includes Terra Invicta, which is a game that's going to be er releasing to early access September 26th. And on the 22nd, which might be about the time you guys hear this, there will be a tutorial series that I've put together to kind of get you going, get, get you off the ground with the game after I've started to play it again. I've been, you know, I've had access for a couple of years now and was part of like the, I, I kickstarted at a really high level, like $200. And so I think something's named after me or I think, I don't know, something. And with that, I've had access for some time. And quite frankly, I just wasn't feeling it until I got into it recently. And now I see where the magic is. And I believe that's mostly because a game like this kind of only comes together once you have all the game mechanics you know, all together and the polish there. And quite frankly, it's very polished. There's some really great voiceover work done and the actual mechanics themselves, once I've figured them out, are really sinking their teeth into me. So I'm doing my best to put together, you know, a short series of tutorial videos on how to get into it and kind of how to play at least the very beginning so that you can play the game yourself. So stay tuned for that. It'll be at least a three or four video series. And yeah, like I said, and then you'll have the early access for yourself on September 26th. I don't know what the, the actual goal of early access is. I don't know if they're going to be staying there for long because the game feels pretty complete or if maybe, you know, they're looking to just have some some eyeballs on it before they push the 1.0 button. But it's all there. So, yeah, that's that's the news. Just, uh, yeah, I, I ducked out pretty much the same time as you um, because back then there wasn't much going on. So have, has the pacing been improved a lot since we last played? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I... So I don't know. I think we can talk about this because I don't think it's really that big of a deal. But, you know, like we initially came to him to Johnny Lumpkin when we first got access and we were just sort of like saying like, hey, man, like, I mean, as as with any game, right, early in its development, there was some pacing issues and some stuff like that. And we just kind of came to him and described some of the things that we were talking about or wanted to see. And I'll say this, they have definitely cleared a lot of that up. The game feels really good. It feels really solid. And for a freshman effort from this brand new studio, you know, I, I really think that they're going to make their mark and they have a bright future ahead of them. So really excited to see what you all think of Terra Invicta. We have a copy for it 
actually being given away on our Discord. So if you're not on our Discord, you should be. And you should come check out the giveaway because we have a copy of that for our our community. So come try and win the copy. And with that, let's move into our topic of the night. And our topic of the night is just kind of a brief discussion on the games we're most excited for in 2022 and 2023, because I put together a short little list of the games that that we currently know are releasing in 2022 or 2023, although there's still more, right? And in fact, the fact that there wasn't even the humankind or Sins of a Solar Empire on that list because they're they're quite frankly they hadn't been announced yet those are games that we should consider but for me on the list and i'll just you know i'll I'll list out the things that i put down on my list only because they're they're the most exciting for me and i wrote the damn article so i you know i i guess like in in general and i i don't want to digress too much but like in general these are the games i think that people are probably going to enjoy the most or that are probably going to be the biggest movers in the game like the genre itself but uh, i know that there's also some like minor like maybe like indie endeavors as well that are going on right now that will probably you know win over some people just as much as any of these games do but the list i have put together are first and foremost spellforce conquest of eo which it sounds like you know by all for all intents and purposes is basically a 4x game with a very strong kind of like master of magic feel but you know they they show in their turn based i mean they show in their videos and in their screenshots this really great turn based combat system with you know a very lovely set of graphics it looks very nice and the, you know the the i mean just in general it looks fantastic they put out a gamescom trailer that really kind of makes the game look like it's it's pretty far in development and it looks really damn good and then of course you have master of magic the reboot that's going to be coming out this year i imagine sometime probably october or november and then Alliance of the Sacred Sons, which I know is still slated for a 2022 release date. And it sounds like they're going to have a pretty extensive demo with this Tacticon thing that's coming out next week. And then Revival Recolonization, which I don't believe will make it to full release this year, but I believe they're focusing on an early access review later this year. And then finally, or two, the last two that are on my list here are Aura, History and Told. I joked around in my video about how I was begging everyone for access because they did like a technical play test on, you know, on Steam and I got in and so I got to play it and I really want to talk about it, but I can't. So as soon as Microsoft lets me, let me, lets me do that, I will do that. But yeah. It's it's on the list for a reason. And then Zephon, which is the game that we interviewed Proxy Studios about and is the like the kind of like the follow-up to Gladius in a post-apocalyptic Earth with some really cool kind of like Beyond Earth and Alpha Centauri vibes that I really appreciate. And that's it. Those are the ones that I put there. But of course, now we have Sins of a Solar Empire 2. We have Humankind's first expansion. We also you know, there's been talk of some other games coming out in the next year or so. And I personally know of two that haven't even been announced yet that are expected in 2023. So there's quite a few games, even the Pegasus Expedition, which is, you know, a very narrative driven 4X game, but it is very much a 4X game that I think is expected at least in early access form later this year. So any anything of those, any of those games that really stand out to you guys, anything that you guys are like, oh shit, yeah, I'm going to do that. I mean, I know we already talked about Sins of a Solar Empire too. So I know Drexy's like, yeah, I'll put on a thousand hours of that game or however you talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got to add the edit at the end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <isn't it>? <laughs> <laughs> Does any of the other things, any of those other games sound remotely interesting to you or well, is it just... A couple of them, actually, for me. Uh, Zephyr, of course, I've been going on about that for ages. Funny enough, I was getting really into Gladius before uh, Pathway Exile talked to me again. Uh, <laughs> the other one I'm actually really interested, actually, is uh, Spellforce. Because I have actually bought the previous Spellforce games, but I never got around to playing them. And I think the main thing that sort of put me off of those games was, I believe the combat was uh, it was more RTS, but this is going to be turn-based. So, yeah, I'm pretty hyped for that. And, yeah, of course, Alliance of Sacred Sons, which I've had access to for quite a long time now. And Master of Magic as well, because, yeah, I've never really played 
the original it's just the the ui the oldness of it just puts me off too much um yeah so i'm actually looking forward to see what the fuss is about about that game so yeah definitely those those three. um revival uh, uh recolonization i haven't actually tried it recently but when i did it it just felt too much like endless legend for me Ara looks interesting. Uh, it's, uh, is it going to be like a better humankind? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but it's not really my type of game, really, terrestrial games. So that's probably a bit more down on my list. But yeah, for me, like Zephon, uh, Spellforce, and Master of Magic are the most hype. Yeah, I really want to talk about Ara because I think that a lot of people are going to go into it expecting, you know, like another shot at the civilization formula. And that is absolutely not what they're doing. I, I really appreciate it. So. If you are concerned about our artist being Microsoft's answer to civilization, you should stop being worried about it because it's not that. It's something entirely in its own. And I really, I really look forward to when we can discuss it openly and freely and you guys see gameplay of it because I think that I think they're onto something. So anyway, anything else you guys want to talk about? Any games that you guys are interested in i mean hell let's just open it up to any games period yeah i'm not very good at this question because i answer, i think i answered this in the last podcast anyway i think zephon's the only game really that i'm that bothered about i don't really look forward to games to be honest I, I'm, I feel like my i'm more interested in kind of examining stuff and seeing what i think about them when they're actually released but um I, what i'm going to use my slot instead to talk about some news that we missed so uh there's we actually missed airships conquer the skies having a big update which has kind of turned this game into a 4x game now originally in airships let me just explain what it is right so it's kind of like it's a tactical combat game in the sense that you build these airships with like a lego tool builder thing uh, it's all two-dimensional uh, but it's got loads of flexibility in, in how you can build these things with the kind of like different lift devices the way that you can add different weapons and uh yeah there's loads of stuff that you can put in but then it's got a strategic layer over the top and originally you were just at war with every faction and you just had to kind of figure out where you wanted to send your forces to go it's quite simple now they've actually radically overhauled it so it's got a diplomacy system so that now you know you can actually make treaties with different factions so airships is actually a really really good game and this was something that does tactic was talking about in the last podcast that we did with him um it's become a really really good game so i highly advise you go check out airships conquer the skies because i think this has finally turned it into a kind of bona fide 4x game i'd say yeah uh, you know i meant to mention this a while ago too because the developer reached out to us at least through our email and was like hey man like the guy's name is david i believe and he said you know like hey you know i know you don't really talk about this game because it's not really a 4x game but hey i'm, I'm about to do this thing where it's going to make it pretty 4x and i felt awful because it was like right around the time where things were so busy for me that i just i couldn't even i couldn't even play it to, to tell him i mean like he was like hey like you know what are some things you would expect to play or expect to see in a game that feels a little bit more 4x and then he also asked me if, if you know if i wouldn't mind writing some stuff about it too and I, I i unfortunately had to turn them down because you know there was just so much going on at that point in my life and i knew i wasn't going to be able to give it the the due diligence that i needed it I, I wanted to give it and yeah i mean he's a really nice guy he was really excited to make this basically a 4x game and that's exactly what he said is that with this update you know the diplomacy there's territories and stuff like that and just a bunch of new things that are you know at the very least making it more of a grand strategy game or 4x game in a lot of ways so yeah check out airships i i, I really wish i could have given him the time that he wanted he was asking for and he was super cool about it when i came back and was like hey i don't even know like i don't even remember the last time i played a game let alone had some time to like you know think about games and that was you know like five six months ago when things were really really crazy for me so Ah, for you, David, if you're out there listening, I'm sorry. I'm really excited. And hopefully we can have some coverage of that game either through video form or on the website soon. So I've done up a short list here, but I think probably Zephon would be pretty close to the top of the list, if not at the top of the list anyway. So I've got on mine, I've got Fragile Existence, Falling Frontier, the obvious ones, uh, Sins of Solar Empire 2, Miasma Chronicles, the ones from the Bearded Ladies that made Mutant New Zero, uh, Homeworld 3 and 2023, Broken Arrow and Lost Eidolons, which I've played both of the playtests for now. I didn't put much of the second one because it's like narrative driven so you're sort of just doing the same thing again but it's solid and they've taken a lot of feedback on from both betas and made big sweeping changes so i'm pretty keen to see how that turns out when it releases at, i think the end of the year uh, yeah 
also, I've noticed that Deity Empires has had kind of a big update recently. The graphics seem to have changed. Um, I, I don't know a whole lot about what's happened with this. Um, one of the things that I really did not like about Deity Empires originally was that not only did the game design seem very sprawling and, you know, more about like number of features than about how tight it was i do feel that they've really started to tighten this game up a little bit and uh, the i still don't really like the way that it's presented very much i think all the characters in it just seem very generic that said it's starting to do some stuff that is really breaking out from that original kind of master of magic sort of clone feel so go take a look at deity empires again i think it's it's a game that is continually being polished the updates are slow i'd say but they you know they are making steady progress on it and i know daz tactics been playing it again and he really really likes that game so there's it's definitely definitely getting somewhere so go and check out deity empires because i think that um i might have been a little bit harsh on it before I, i think part of the problem with with my initial examination of deity empires was it released into early access just as i started university and my life was going to hell (laughs) at that point so i I, I basically played it quite solidly for about 20 hours i'd say and i kind of yeah it's not quite 20 hours i'm just looking at my playtime now i played it for about 15 18 hours liked it and then kind of put it down because i was just too busy to go back to it every time i've gone back to it periodically i've not really seen a whole lot different but um after watching daz's stream a little bit the other day i was like wow actually this has really come on a long way so if you like fantasy 4x games particularly if you like these kind of age of wonders you know master of magic eador kind of you know these kind of fantasy forex games it might be something that you might like it's certainly got a very very interesting way of approaching civic management which is really really cool so yeah go take a look at that one yeah very cool i mean like i said there's a lot to look forward to and even more things in development that really uh just we aren't able to talk about yet so the cool thing about being in the position we are right that we're like kind of like you know a We've created a community of Forex gamers, which also include Forex developers. So there's people that are coming to us that tell us about their games. And, you know, a lot of times we get invited to betas and stuff. At least I do because I ask. Uh, These other guys don't really get all excited about it, but I do. And, you know, with that, I've been privy to some really cool things, some really cool information about games that are coming out. So the Forex genre is has continued to be, you know, evolving and it's very much alive and well. And I'm very excited to explore it with you guys. I think some of the games that are coming out in 2023 are going to really blow your mind. There's two in particular that I know of that are from very large developers that are really going to excite people. So really excited to show you guys that and hear about what you think of them. And until then, like there's not much else to say for this episode. Do you guys have anything else you want to finish off with? I had like a real quick question, right? So... I don't know. I don't know if it's even worth putting on a list, which is why I didn't. Do you guys think there's any chance of Xenonauts 2 coming out like this year or next year? <laughs> I was just looking at that and wondering. <laughs> well, it says on the thing now that Hooded Horse are publishing for it now. And I was like, I wonder if that means they're actually getting somewhere. Because you see like beta, beta after beta after beta and it's like, there's nothing there. I don't know what's going on. It's just a random that, thing that I noticed. That game had such a broken demo. They like this is one thing that really, really bugs me. When a developer puts out a demo that doesn't work, like that's just the worst thing that you can do, in my opinion, because this is supposed to be a demonstration of what you've got. So uh, the Xenonauts 2 demo was so broken that I couldn't even get past the first like two minutes of gameplay. It got stuck in some endless loop and something happened. I can't remember what it was now. Just something was really, really it was so broken I couldn't play it. I don't think I could even close the game down. So I hope that they've moved on from there. Like, guys, whatever you do, don't put out broken demos on the Steam Demo Fest. Yeah, that's just the worst advert for your game ever. <laughs> yeah, no, I I actually played the demo and it was so awful that I felt compelled to get on their Steam forums and be like, what were you guys thinking? Like, I thought that Xenonauts 1 had a lot of potential. Like, it was, it was clearly made by an indie team that was like trying to, you know, reinvent or not reinvent, but like revisit, reboot the XCOM, like the original XCOM feel. And I thought that they did a good job for the most part, but it still felt like an indie endeavor. And what I saw of Xenonauts 2 made it look like they were taking everything they'd learned from Xenonauts 1 and making everything better. And then when we tried the demo and it was like legitimately broken, I was just like, what? I mean, like, and I, and, you know, Goldhawk or whatever came back and apologized in a way they were kind of snarky about it but you know a lot of people jumped on me too saying like you just don't know how to play get good and i was like no there's it's like you can't play when you literally cannot rotate your characters like there were things broken 
with the damn demo. And I'm with you. I think that it's it's good sign that Hooded Horse picked him up. Clearly, Tim knows what he's doing, and he probably saw. I mean, there is potential there. And I think with the right amount of money and the right of right amount of oversight, like you know, there needs to be some milestones set here. Because for f's sake, at this point, that game has been in development for like 22 years. There was no and- defending that demo, mate. Like, I'm sorry. They, they- they had no right to be snarky about that. That was absolutely outrageous. And also, um, I, I can't help but feel that they put that out in that broken state purely because they that day game has in de- been in development for what? It must be decade now. It mu- is it? <clears throat> it must be. I think it's longer than a decade now. D- Xenonauts One is a really good game as well. Um, I think you undersold it in the way you described it, mate. It's actually a really, really good game. That was a very, very solid reimagination reimagination of the original UFO, and it you know it kind of obviously had to change the law and stuff because they don't own the you know they don't own the ip so that was a bit jarring but other than that it's a really 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 good game i don't really think that i don't know like do does anyone really need a 3d version of that when the 2d version is so good i don't know that's just my opinion uh, but I, you know what i'm like I, I in the same way that i'm not that bothered about muha's master of magic because i just feel that the original game is good anyway why do you need to remake the original game do something different and i feel the same way with xenonauts too they need to do something different with it because the original game is already great i'm hyped for lord of, lord of rigel it's gonna happen it's gonna be released this year guys it's gonna happen get hyped the source trust yeah, me, it'll come out just after dominus galaxia <laughs> okay now we stop being rude <laughs> yeah no I, I mean i have to keep my mouth shut i'll just say lord of rigel's not dead there you go the end. Okay. Oh. yeah all right well anyway there's uh, that's enough that's enough for one episode yeah i think that's good we got a lot of cool news going on. A lot of good stuff. I'm excited. Like I said, the the 4X genre is alive and well. And there's plenty of other strategy games that are coming out too that are pretty damn exciting. So I'm excited. And we already have so many games that I haven't beaten and done enough with. That I don't know. I, I wish I just had like one day a week where I could just devote 12 hours of that day to games. And I would catch up eventually. But that's never going to happen. So you got to hit retirement, Rob. Like just fast forward about forty years or whatever it is, and then you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, except for that, I don't know that. Like, I mean, all these games that I really want to try, and they're all they're all going to be gone. You know, that whatever we're running them on, you know, like some biological computer that like mimics the human brain, that it won't, you know, it it won't run Steam anymore. So I don't know. <laughs> Maybe by then, Dwarf Fortress will be finished as well. Oh yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> Perhaps. I doubt it though anyway yeah hey guys it's been really good i appreciate you guys getting on here i know you guys have to get up super early and sean i know you're like i don't even know what you do over there you guys you probably had to like stop shrimping on the barbie or something he abandons his niece to be with us oh, on her birthday. <laughs> that is not what happened no no i'm just working around children that are sleeping and then waking up and making noise and i'm like please be quiet Please be quiet. So uh, yeah. it's all right. It's it's Sunday afternoon here. It's actually warming up too. But yeah. So no, it's cool. I'm happy to be here and catch up with everyone. Trexy, thank you for being on here to to be the the pin cushion, really the the training dummy. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. So I'm, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to bed or playing more Path of Exile. Yeah, I knew we, we all know what you're going to do. Yeah, jerky chicken I guess, and play more Path of Exile. Yeah, I guess exactly. I guess you'll just be tired, Drex. <laughs> Can I just say that jerk chicken is actually a really, really good dish. Like it's yeah. it's uh it's one thing it's one thing from Caribbean culture that I'm really, really glad we integrated because it's it's fucking lush. <laughs> I've never had it. Uh, maybe something that you guys don't know about me, but I'm allergic to poultry, so I've never been able to eat chicken. I haven't been able to eat chicken since I was seven. So like Marty McFly, don't call me chicken. Yeah. I mean, that's... Don't feed me chicken. It's my kryptonite. And my wife always constantly says that if I get it on her bad side, she's just going to feed me chicken inadvertently, quote unquote. So <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's right. Anyways, yeah. Wow. Okay. Now we're talking about murder on this podcast. So let's go ahead and wrap this up and say, hey, guys, I really appreciate you being here. And until next time, which I'm sure, you know, we have a lot of cool stuff coming on. We have Ben and I are going to be interviewing or just maybe Ben or I don't know, somebody. Somebody's going to be interviewing Ale, the guy that's really well known for developing AI and was asked to help with the AI for games like Gladius and even the original Proxy Studios game, uh, which whatever the hell it was called. I forgot what it was called. What was the Proxy Pandora. Studios game? Pandora. Pandora. First Contact. Yeah. 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 He actually made it so good that they had to scale it back and 
So yeah, we're going to be. I think what you mean to say is you made it difficult. <laughs> like there's a yeah, there's a difficult there's a difference between difficult AI and good AI. This is something that I really want to talk about with uh, Zilmi because um yeah, uh, I think that I've played his AI a little bit in Remnants of the Precursors and it's really hard. <laughs> and I'm not sure if it's that fun, so I, I need to figure out exactly how to how to get the enjoyment out of an AI that is just like really, really brutally efficient. Uh, but he's certainly an excellent, excellent AI developer. Uh, yeah, we just need to kind of try and figure out what it is that people really want out of a game AI. You know, is, do people want to be challenged to the point of it? You know, the AI crushing their testicles yeah. under a six-inch <laughs> stiletto. Or do they want, you know, a, a one that kind of just fights back enough that they can that they can feel like, you know, they they're playing against not just a CPU. Basically, I think that we're going to have an interesting discussion like because I really want to hear what he thinks about this. Great, yeah. I mean, I'm really excited about it. So, um, I'm yeah. I, I just think that he's a great mind to pick. So, anyway, we're done. And then, oh yeah, and then yeah, we have like I said, we have Tim Bender from Hooded Horse, the CEO. We'll have we'll have an interview with him too. So anyway, uh, let's uh, let's wrap this up, guys. Thanks for being here. Until next time, this is Rob, Ben, Drexy, and Sean from Down Under. Until next time, keep exploring. See you later. <laughs>